Hey, River Life, I'm Kang, and it is an honor and privilege to be able to give you this sermon today. And the sermon today is going to be peace and freedom in Jesus Christ. I think one of the most craziest things I learned about the Hmong culture is that a woman's ability to do things like cook and do chores around the house is a highly sought value. It's so valuable that we even found a way to put a monetary value on it. Basically, the closer you were to being a maid, the higher your value was as a woman. And Mo men were judged on a different scale. Being a Mo man, you were highly recommended to become something prestigious and have a prestigious career. So Hmong parents really push their sons to be engineers, lawyers, politicians, and cultural leaders. And Christian Hmong parents had a similar way of doing this. They want their kids to become pastors or doctors. And it was more of an honor and prestige than actually helping the people though it is a little bit more accepting for women to cross over into being a minor leader or a cultural leader. For most men, it's a little bit more difficult to cross over to becoming a maid or servant, and especially if you're an influential man. And if a man did cross over to become maid, they were usually condemned as being feminine. And I can remember how this idea of Hmong gender roles played out in my life. So about two years ago, I was part of a youth and college sleepover for a church. During this event, I saw that while the college guys were downstairs engaging with the youth, playing games and doing worship, the Hmong women, they were upstairs in the kitchen rolling kabia noodles for us. And man, they rolled these kabia noodles for three hours straight. And their hands were all worn out and flowers just everywhere. You know, they got on their face, their makeup, their hair and their clothes. And I felt so bad for them. And you know, I looked from a distance and I thought to myself, man, not even one man is going to help them out with rolling kapia noodles. And then I silently crept back downstairs to play with the youth, of course. And looking back at the sleepover, I felt so bad because, and I just had to ask myself, why didn't I just help them? Because I have seen that Jesus humbled himself and became a servant for us. And if the God of the universe can come down to serve humanity, why couldn't I just do a little gesture of kindness, especially if it aligned with my conscience? On one end, I want to serve like Jesus and be at peace knowing I did what I want to do and I didn't just watch from the sideline. But if I help them out, I will be condemned for being feminine. 
At the end of the day, I just want to be at peace with my conscience and be free to do what I thought was right. And if you were in my situation and you chose not to help the ladies, I want to say that's okay too. They were eventually going to finish with or without me. But the issue is not whether you have to help them or not. The big issue is whether your cultural identity will have impacted your choice to act in love and to act without being condemned. We all wrestle with our identity and we see how it impacts our lives every single day. Sometimes our cultural identity makes us do things we don't want to do. And we are placed in situations that make us feel stuck. So what does the Bible say about identity and how do we find peace and freedom with our identity? Well, we can learn from what Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 6, 16. So Romans 6, 16 states, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So one thing we have to understand is the biblical definition of freedom is not the same as how we would describe freedom in America. In American culture, freedom is described more as being free to do whatever you want. This freedom can be like freedom to do drugs, but it's not truly freedom because you are a slave to that drug. Or another more appropriate example is you could be free to be an actor. Even though it's okay to be an actor, you have to make sacrifices to sustain that identity. But biblical freedom is about living a life God intended that will bring you peace. Paul shows that there's always a price to pay for the identity that we choose. And we must be able to see which identity we are choosing every single day. We are given two identities one from the world and one from God, one that will give you condemnation and make you restless, and one that will bring peace and freedom. And there are two reasons why we must embrace the identity of God every single day. So the first reason, the world will demand too much from you. If you want the identity from the world, you have to contribute to the world. If you do not contribute to the world, you will be rejected, your social standing will decrease, and it may even harm the people around you. The identity that we get from the world is like a beast that has to be constantly fed. These are imperfect cultural systems that need to be maintained by imperfect people. It could be idols that need our worship. Unless you are a robot without meaning in life, you will always have to feed to this identity. Our identity from the world does not want to die so easily as well. It needs you to make it stay alive.
You have to constantly contribute to cause and maintain an image. And the instant you stop, you are condemned. And we can see this within Hmong funerals. So 10 years ago, it was, quote unquote, Hmong law for the sons to give cows or buy cows for their father's funerals. So if you were like me, who's a third son, you and your brothers had to buy three cows for your dad's funeral. And this excludes the funeral expenses. And if you miss even one cow, you will hear from everyone. And it got so bad that not buying a cow can make people consider whether you truly loved your dad. But even after you bought all the cows and spent all the money on the funeral expenses and you're still crying for your dad, it's still not enough. See, going to death for the cows and funeral is still not enough and you will always have to contribute for the next funeral the next wedding, and it could be for next week. And we just can't go on living like this. We just can't. We are going to mess up eventually, and this can come tomorrow or maybe even in five minutes. And it seems like no matter what we do, it's just not enough, we just don't feel enough, and the system is just not satisfied. When the world needs you to constantly contribute, will you ever feel enough? Will the world ever be satisfied? No. But with Jesus, you can be satisfied. You can feel enough. And this leads to my second point. Our identity from God is not based on our performance. Unlike the identity from the world that needs to be constantly fed and sustained by you, God gives your identity freely in Jesus Christ. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sins so you don't have to earn your way into heaven, which means you don't have to sing a special song on Sunday. You don't have to bring the best food for the Thanksgiving potluck. And best of all, you don't have to contribute to the agro fundraiser. And we can see how God treats his children in the parable of the prodigal son. So in the story, a younger son asks his father for his share of the inheritance, then leaves home and squanders his wealth in reckless living. And when he finds himself in a terrible situation, he decides to return to his father, expected to be treated no better than a hired servant. However, upon his return, his father welcomes him back home with open arms, celebrating his return rather than condemning his past actions. The son's identity is not based on what he did in the past or his attempts to earn back his father's favor, but on the father's unconditional love and grace to bring him back in. Similarly, 
Your identity is not based on how much you can contribute to God, but on what Jesus already did on the cross for you. And there is no other worldview that can do that for you. Not only should we want Jesus, but we can't live without him. And let me give you an example in my life how I almost lost myself to the identity of the world. So growing up, I was told all my life to be something great. And of course, something great means becoming a doctor or a pastor. So first I went to medicine as a Navy medic. And that was the closest thing I can become to a doctor, but I chose not to go that path. And if I couldn't become a doctor, well, I will become a pastor. And recently I just finished my master's program and I've been accredited with the Christian Missionary Alliance and I could become a pastor tomorrow. And for years I told myself that I was going to become a pastor and I told everyone that I was going to become a pastor. But today I want to let you know that I have chosen not to become a pastor. And I'm not becoming a pastor because I had a distorted view of what it means to be a pastor. And I didn't want to bring that upon other people. See, the world made me believe that the only way for me to be accepted and to be con is to contribute to the church, have a prestigious title, have a wife and have kids. And this identity from the world made me idolize titles and organizations more than actually caring for people. And it ultimately affected my faith. It made me feel like I had to contribute to the next big thing. I had to have the next big title and I had to have more degrees than a thermometer. And I just felt like I was never enough. It was like I was running on a hamster wheel and I just couldn't get off. But I love Jesus because he was able to take me off that hamster wheel. Unlike the world that accepted me only when I can contribute and if I had the best title, I can be loved by Jesus for having nothing and being nobody. There are many other reasons why I chose not to become a pastor, but the simple answer to my decision is this. I didn't see the peace and freedom that God promised when I embrace this identity. And maybe you're like me and you're knee deep into this identity and you have been chasing it your whole life and it's now it's difficult to turn around. Maybe you're running on the hamster wheel and you, you're constantly running but you just feel like you're not getting there and you don't feel enough. And this relentless pursuit is leading to you to question your identity. And a lot of us are wrestling with who we are every single day. 
So I want you to imagine what identity are you giving yourself and what are you chasing? Now ask yourself, is my identity condemning me? Is it making me feel restless? Or is it giving me peace and freedom? If your identity is not giving you peace and freedom, you're most likely a slave to it. But God promises peace and freedom. So place your identity in Jesus first because he wants you to be at peace and he wants you to be free.